during this event, that is the rapture, all the dead and living are caught up. It happens so fast that it's just like faster than the snap of your fingers. Hello once again, Kingdom Corner Podcast devotees and followers. The great Matt Guybe with you once again on a beautiful sunny day in the Seattle area. I'm so excited to be here. This is podcast recreation number two, you could say, after a long hiatus of eight months. And I came on here about two weeks ago and began to speak on a subject that is dear to my heart, and that is the rapture of the church. The blessed hope is what Titus calls it, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our God, our great God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we began to talk about because I felt such an unction on my heart to begin to speak about this topic because in the spring I began to see different ministers, different uh, ministries begin to say that the literal rapture of the church wasn't really real anymore, that it was more like a fairy tale or metaphorical story. And the book of Revelation, the things we see in Daniel, the different uh, word pictures, the different types of symbolism were all just a story. They weren't literal. Now, they're not literal, but they are symbolic of something that's really going to happen, and that is the rapture of the church, the blessed hope. And I began to speak about that, and I began to tell you that God had put it on my heart years ago as a teacher that I would not only plant seeds and teach people in that way, but sometimes as a teacher you need to have come in and pull out wrong concepts and wrong ideas. And that was my intention, to begin to pull out those wrong things. We began to do that last time together, and now we're going to go in and we're going to give you some more foundation, some more seeds, as it were, as to why there is a rapture. Now, is the word rapture in the Bible? That's what we're going to talk about today. Is the word rapture in the Bible? We're going to get into that today. Uh, I want to first read you a scripture from the Emphasized Bible that says this well, that really kind of alerts us to what's going on now in the church. And this is Paul talking to Timothy, who was his protege in the faith, in 2 Timothy 4, and I'm going to start with verse 1. I adjure you, or I adjure thee, before God and Christ Jesus, who is about to be judging the living and the dead, both as to his foreshining and his kingdom. Proclaim the word, take thy position, in other words, take your authority, in season, out of season, convince rebuke, encourage, with all long-suffering and teaching. That's what a good teacher does, does he not? For there will be a season, and when you look that word up, it's, it's chaos. It's like a, a ripening of the fruit. There's going to be a certain season that comes about. And what's going to happen in this season, when healthful teaching, they will not endure. All right? And that's what we're beginning to see a kind of a rotten fruit forming. They're not going to accept good teaching anymore. There, there will be a season when healthful teaching they will not endure. But according to their own covetings, 
will unto themselves heap up teachers because they have an itching ear. And from the truth, indeed, their ear will turn away. And then this, this one here, the King James uses the word fables. And here, this translation says, while unto stories or fables, they will turn themselves aside. And that's what they've done with the rapture. They begun to say that it was more like a fable or a story, just word pictures, not a reality. So we began to talk about that last week. We began to go over some scriptures, and we began to give you some different definitions of different things. I want to refer to, again, to my good friend and teacher, Jamie Hansen, for a scriptural definition from, of the word rapture, a scriptural definition of the word rapture from Jamie Hansen, and this was put together from all these scriptures about the rapture, okay? And he said it's the instantaneous resurrection of the overcoming Old Testament and New Testament saints who have died and the instant snatching up also of the living, overcoming believers on the earth who all together as a group meet Jesus in the air and are taken to the throne of God, who will remain with him forever, notwithstanding coming back with him at the second coming. See, the rapture and the second coming are different events. Um, those that are giving up the rapture now, I'm just going to put this in here, say there's only the second coming, okay? And that's going to be the end of the age. Notwithstanding, coming back with him at the second coming to rule and reign with him in the millennium. During this event, that is the rapture, all the dead and living are caught up. And they're caught up, we talked about last time, in a moment of uncut time. You can't even... It happens so fast that it's just like faster than the snap of your fingers, okay? They're caught up receiving new glorified bodies that are the same as the spirit-glorified body of Christ. This will all occur prior to what the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. This event will also be instantaneous and visible to all who are not caught up. And then we began to speak on different instances and passages in the Bible that show us that there's a precedence for the rapture, for this event. I showed you the example of Enoch, who walked with God, and he was not, and God took him. We talked about Elijah being caught up in a whirlwind. And then we talked about Acts, where Jesus was, had been on earth for 40 days after his resurrection, and he was taken up in a moment, to heaven, right? We talked about that. Then we talked about 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 53. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in uncut time, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. When I say twinkling of an eye, or I'm talking about Jesus appearing, I want you to begin to think of that as in a moment of uncut time. All right, faster than Usain Bolt can run the 100-yard dash, okay? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. That is, we're going to be changed. We're going to have a new body, all right, like Jesus, the glorified body, for this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. The blessed hope of the church, the rapture, is meant to fill all of us with outrageous hope 
It's positive. It's glorious. It's not meant to be scary or gloomy. It's not a fable either. It's not a fairy tale. It's not, you know, just a, just a metaphor. It's going to really happen. And those things we see in the book of Revelation, all those what people would call outrageous or weird visions, uh, weird stories, are all symbolic of something that literally has happened or is going to happen, right? It's not meant to worry the saint with thoughts of, am I worthy to make it? Verses God gave us about this precious truth. Luke 21, 25 to 28. And there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your head, because your redemption is drawing nigh. See, the church is going to be under a lot of trial. They're going to be almost bowed over in such trial, but they're going to have to look up because Jesus is going to soon rapture them out of the midst of the earth. And John 14, 1-3, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again in a moment of uncut time and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, like he walks into your room, just like he walks through the, through the door or through the wall, that's what it's going to be like, then you will appear with him in glory. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 to 18, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We'll be caught up, all right? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment of uncut time. I can't stress that enough. Let's go to Hebrews 9.28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear, all right? A second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly are waiting for him. See, that's what we're doing. We're eagerly waiting for that blessed hope, like Titus said. You know, we're looking for it. James 5, 7, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and later or latter rains or late rains, until the coming, that, that moment that he comes. That's what James says. 1 Peter 1, 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation, at the apocalypsis is the Greek word, which is the appearing, that's what that means, unveiling of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 5, 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive, when he appears, see there's that uh, a moment of uncut time again, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Uh, now, does the word rapture appear in the Bible? If you were to open up a concordance and look it up today, would you find the word rapture? 
Well, I'm going to agree with those who say it's not in the Bible. However, there is the words or concepts of the rapture, of what that means in the Bible. Let's, let's look at some notes here I have. The word rapture is not in the Bible, yet the concept is evident. See also like when we talk about baptism. However, when you look baptize up in the original Greek language, when you look that word up from the text, it literally means to immerse or dip under. Angel and messenger, those are two words that are used in the Bible that can either mean angel or messenger, all right? The term rapture comes from the Latin verb rapimer, which means to seize, snatch, or carry away. Seize, snatch, or carry away. There are four Greek terms that refer to this event. It's an event. It's not so much an action as an event. As the definite article is used, that is the referring to the specific event. The first one, Apocalypsis, which I already read about the revelation in 1 Peter 1, 7, the Apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. And the book of Revelation uses that word when it opens up. The apocalypsis, the unveiling, the uncovering. That's what it means. It means unveiling or appearing, uncovering. Epiphania means an appearing, a shining. That's the second word. So you have apocalypsis, epiphania, parousia, which means presence. That's the third word, parousia, presence. Uh, a lot of translations use the word coming, which is a bad translation. Because coming means, to me, in, in the way we look at things, in our English verbiage and the way we define things, coming means like taking, uh, coming on a trip. You know, I'm coming over to your house. You know, I, I may live only a mile down the road, but I still have to come. Whereas parousia means presence. I'm just here in a moment of uncut time. And then the other one, harpazo or harpazo, means to be caught up or snatched up. So apocalypsis, epiphania, parousia, and harpazo. Now, let's put that together with some passages, okay? Let's look at the word apocalypsis, unveiling, appearing, revealing. 2 Timothy 1.7, when the Lord Jesus Christ shall be apocalypsis, shall be coming, uh, is one word they use, but it's really shall be apocalypsis, shall be appearing or shall be revealed. 1 Corinthians 1.7, that you come behind in no gift awaiting for the apocalypsis of our Lord Jesus Christ, the unveiling, the appearing, all right? 1 Peter 1.7, we have already read, where it talks about the apocalypsis of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, our faith is tried like gold, that we might uh, be to honor and glory at the apocalypsis, at the revelation, at the uh, appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.13 But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is apocalypsis, when it is appearing, when it is unveiled, when it is uncovered. Okay, apocalypsis. Epiphania. I think that's, I believe that's where we get the word epiphany. We get an epiphany from God. Epiphania means it's something that comes in a moment, in a flash. Means an appearing again, or a shining. Has to do with shining. When we're talking about epiphania, you know, something revealed to us 
God illuminates it, okay? Same word. 1 Timothy 6.14 To keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach until the epiphania of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? 2 Timothy 4.1 I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his epiphania, that is his shining, his appearing, and his kingdom. I charge you by that. Okay, that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me, this is Paul talking, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have loved his epiphania, his appearing, his revealing, his shining forth, you know, kind of like when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, and they saw Moses, you know, Peter, James, and John. There was that brightness that came upon Jesus, you know. Same kind of thing will happen around this appearing of the Lord Jesus. We're going to be here on the earth, and then the next moment we're going to be with him, right, in, a, in an epiphania. And, and I want to alert you to this. Who's it going to come to, this Epiphania? 2 Timothy 4.8, Paul told Timothy, those who loved his appearing, or his Epiphania, not appear. Yeah, we could say appearing, his shining. For those that are looking for it, to those that love it, are you loving it? Are you looking forward to it? Those that say it isn't happening anymore, that there is no such thing, I, 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 I'm, I kind of am concerned for them, that they're going to be carried away. And into other doctrines that will take them away, that will deceive them, because it says in the last days, even the elect of God might be deceived, right? Titus 2.13, here we are again, waiting for our blessed hope. What is that? The epiphania, the appearing, the shining of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 2-3, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, when he appears, when he epiphanias, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. That's when our glorified body, when we'll have that glorified body and we'll be just like him, like that, you know. And everyone who thus has this hope, what do they do? They purify themselves as he is pure. They begin to prepare for it. They begin to hope for it. They begin to look for it, right? All right, let's go to the next word. Perusia. Perusia means presence. Most translations, when they ha see this word perusia, they're not good translations. Again, they're using the word coming, like me coming down the road or going up to Bonnie Lake three miles and going on a trip. I live in the little town of Bonnie Lake. I'm coming to the coffee shop up there. I'm not just a boom appearing, but I'm coming. And that's the wrong kind of word. That's the wrong kind of concept. For as were, uh, Matthew 24, 37, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the parousia, the presence of the Son of Man. He's just going to be there. Boom. He's going to, just like I'm sitting here at this desk teaching you, it's like all of a sudden he appears to me, you know. Matthew 24, 39, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them away, so will be the parousia the presence of the Son of Man. But each in his own order, 1 Corinthians 15, 23, 1 Corinthians 15, 23, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, 
then at his parousia, those who belong to Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown, of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his parousia? Is it not you? 1 Thessalonians 3.13, So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the parousia of our Lord Jesus with his saints. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, we who are alive, who are left until the parousia, the presence of the Lord, will not proceed those who have fallen asleep. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the parousia of the Lord, as it is at hand. Second Peter 3, 4. They will say, where is the promise of his parousia? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. First John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his parousia. Now let's look at the last word, and then we'll be done. Harpazo or harpazo means to be caught up or snatched up, you know, just like you'd snatch a baby up from, you know, falling or from a fire. Then we who are alive, who are left, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, will be harpazo together with him or snatched up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So will we always be with the Lord. Revelation 12, 5. So she gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was harpazoed to God and to his throne. That is the lesson for today. Is the word rapture in the Bible? Well, I showed you the concept was. I gave you four words. Apocalypsis, appearing or unveiling. Epiphania, means appearing or shining. Parousia, which means presence. Most translations use it a terrible translation of the word coming, but it is presence, or parousia, and harpazo, to mean, means to be snatched up or caught away. So, today I've shown you that the concept of the rapture, the truth of the rapture, is a reality. It is in the Bible. And that's part two of the rapture series. Before I leave you, I just want to say to you, for more great biblical truth, I want to refer you to many past podcast episodes I have. Over a hundred of them you can find at the Kingdom Corner podcast. You can find them in the archives, so to speak. However, for that, for this today, I want to highlight to you 40 to 45 particular ones on the book of Ephesians. I went all through the book of Ephesians, all six chapters, and uh, we had, I think, 46 lessons or episodes. And the reason I want to highlight them is because we have something really, I'm really excited about coming up this fall, and that will be called Ephesians Coaching, Ephesians Coaching. So you can begin to listen to some of those. That's what the coaching is going to be on. But also you can join my Facebook group, the Heavenly Ephesians Mandate, I believe. You can find that uh, more out about that on my Facebook page, Matt Geib, M-A-T-T-G-E-I-B. 